Hey listeners, welcome back to the pod. It's Jazz here with John. John, welcome to the show once again. Hey there, Jazz. Uh, top of the morning to you there, sir. Uh, looking forward to another good chat. My favorite day of the week. Surely. And this is a different <laughs> one. We haven't done this on our podcast before, John, but it's a really interesting one for people who are actively investing their money, or you can call it trading, long-term, short-term investors, traders, whichever category. I think it's really relevant to that particular sector of the market. Um, so, th- so what we're going to discuss today is basically formula that is being used commonly by the uh, big hedge fund managers and uh, other investment firms, along with, not to mention, gamblers to some extent, uh, to work out what percentage of their bankroll they should be investing. So when when there's you know a, a, a news article that comes out that says uh, Warren Buffett, who's worth X thirty billion dollars, just invested five hundred million into uh, Coca Cola, the question is how did Warren Buffett decide to invest five hundred million and not three hundred million and not seven hundred million? So how did he decide that five hundred million dollars was the bet he was going to take? This is the formula he uses to figure out how big that bet should be. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. When we when we look uh, from outside at these investment firms, hedge fund or individual investors, um, we never talk about what percentage of what percentage of your money should be invested, right? Yeah. In behind the scenes, actually, there's a lot of calculations that are actually done if you dig a bit more deeper. The formula, like I said before, is called Cali formula or Cali criteria. And it was invented by John Kelly, while working at AT&T during his investigation, um, while he was investigating telephone lines. This is back in the 50s. This is in about 1955 or so, yeah. Now, John, how would you best explain this formula uh, with your study so far yes okay well let, let me let me do this because we, we don't have any visual aids uh podcast listeners but uh, i would say that it is um uh so what we're trying to work out is the percentage so we're coming out try, trying to come up with a percentage the percentage of your your funds that you would invest so it would be the um percentage of uh winning the percentage that you're likely to win times the return minus the probability of losing divided by the potential return. So the potential return times the probability of winning minus the probability of losing divided by the return. So the the example they always give is flipping a coin, right? So if you flip a coin, the chances are 50-50. So the probability of winning is 50%. The probability of losing is 50%. And let's say if you uh, uh, flip heads, you win $2. And if you flip um tails you lose your dollar so you would have the formula then would be um the probability of winning which is 50 percent, times the return which is two dollars minus the probability of losing which is 50 percent, divided by the return which is the, the two dollars and i think the answer there is you would you would invest 17 percent of your money in that bet mm-hmm. uh something like that 17 17 percent so that coin flip example is the perfect one. In that case, the probability of winning is 50%. So when the probability of winning is 50-50, you don't want to invest 50% of your money because then there's a chance 50% that you'll lose your money, right? Which means uh, 
the formula is calculating for you uh, that it should be 17, 17%. Where it's trying to get to it is, I think that if you use this formula, that doesn't mean that you will always come out winning. You're going to lose, obviously, a lot of bets you will lose. But over the long run, if you keep doing it repeatedly with your bankroll, uh, chances of going bankrupt are rare. And that's why it's being used by some of the hedge funds and the uh, big traders to some extent. Well, like all bets or like all investing, there's actually four possible outcomes. There's the outcome that you lose your money, that you lose everything. Uh, there's the outcome that you break even. So the outcome where you lose your money means your bet was too big. Um, the outcome where you break even is that your bet was also too big, but not as big as the, the other one. Then you've got two other scenarios where you're winning, right? So one is that you win the maximum, um, the maximum possible amount, and that's where you bet according to the Kelly criterion, right? So they, that's the amount you invest. And then the fourth option is that you win, but you win a suboptimal amount. And what that is saying is that you're investing slightly less than the Kelly criterion amount would, would tell you to, to invest. So, and again, it's investing, it's gambling, it's betting, but this way you're not going to bet the farm and you're, it's the optimal amount to invest to get the most, the most returns. Pretty mm -hmm. cool. So the key variables that are involved are uh, your optimal percentage of the bankroll per wager to ride max growth curve, net odds, probability of winning, and probability of losing. Now, John, we all invest in real estate. Hmm. Do you think this can be used in real estate at all? I don't think so, because what we're trying to get, to, because I think leverage is involved in real estate. So my bankroll, as they call it, or the amount of money that I have, um, if I was to buy real estate, it would probably be multiples of the amount of money I have. So generally speaking, uh, this is not used for real estate investing or, or leveraged investing. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you right back, would you use this for crypto? So crypto is more like either seed investing, yep. venture investing kind of thing, or uh, gambling. To me, right. it comes in two categories, right? Uh, no, I will not call it gambling because that will be very offensive to the people who are working on various <laughs> projects in the blockchain industry, right? So it is not gambling. It is seed investing. When you're doing seed investing, I don't think it's possible to actually use this formula there either. I think where this formula really shines is in the stock market, where yeah. you've got a company uh, which has got a track record of returns uh, and you know what the growth curve, what the growth curve is going to be based on those um, uh, previous returns, that's where it can really help work out what percentage of your bankroll should be invested to uh, to get the maximum return, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I was reading that you can't use it for blackjack, but you can use it for horse riding. Um, so I think I think for the, for the <laughs> horse racing. So I think that the, for the, the purposes here, I think that, you know, because there needs to be a return, I think that we can agree stock market's probably the best uh, use of this uh, of this formula. And, and because it's what, what we're doing is we're mashing up a couple of things. It's like, okay, first you've got to estimate what the return is, and then you've got to estimate the probability of getting that return. So, and then a probability of 
of losing everything. So there's all these things. And so it's, it's a combination of art and science. I know it sort of gets passed off as being very scientific, but actually um, it's just a guide, but let's um, I think, I think in let, let's, should we walk through an example of say uh, investing in something like Berkshire Hathaway or something like that? I think that's, a, I think that's a personally good one to, to pick on to. So Berkshire Hathaway, let's say on an average, just hypothetical numbers, gives you uh, 15% return a year, year on year. Yeah. Right. And you know that the risk of investing in Berkshire Hathaway uh, is relatively less because it's a, it's a company that has a proven track record, right? So if we were to apply the same formula, um, what would that work out to be, John? So you, if, so we say that the return would be 15% and the risk of the probability of winning is 90% with Berkshire Hathaway. But the probability of losing is, let's say, it's it's probably it's 10%, but what are the odds of really, I mean, the probability of losing with Berkshire Hathaway if he ran away with Berkshire, you know, Warren Buffett ran away with Berkshire Hathaway's money. Um, I don't know. Uh, the, the risk of losing on Berkshire Hathaway is probably more like 1%. But let's, let's say it's 10%, which is the difference between, you know, one minus the 90% of winning. Uh, well, if you've got a 15% return and you apply that to the probability of winning minus the probability of losing divided by the 15% return, uh, this would suggest that you would invest 23% of your money in Berkshire Hathaway, yeah. 23%. I think that sounds about right. Um, now, the, if we were to tweak the model a little bit and we would say, okay, the risk of the probability of winning is 90% with Berkshire Hathaway, but the probability of losing isn't 10%. The probability of losing is more like 1%. So if you plug 1% is in as the probability of losing and we're still dealing with a 15% return, well, then the, the proportion of your funds that should go into this is more like 75%. You should basically uh, bank it because there's no downside. So you, you, it's all upside. It's very likely you'll be making 15% per annum, which yeah. is to say you're doubling your money in like five years. There yeah. you go. Um, another great example that you and I were discussing before was the the coin example that we were talking, right? Now, if the coin was weighted more towards, let's say, head side, right? Um, in that case, there's a 51% chance that you're going to go, you're going to get heads if you flip the coin. Uh, and there's a 49% chance you will get tails. The formula calculates that the money that you should be investing in that case is no more than two percent. Yeah. But if the but but if the but if the coin was equally weighted, in that case, you should be investing seventeen percent of your money. Mm. So just one percent, uh, because the coin is heavily weighted towards the heads or tail side, completely changes the amount of money that you that that should be invested. Yeah. So, so like I think you what you what you said before, it's not purely when when you're investing in stocks, it's not just um, DCA is not the only strategy or um, picking up an X number is not the strategy. It's actually there's there's decent formulas that can be applied uh, that will help you work out what that what that return should be. And the interesting thing about that last example where you flip the coin and instead of it being 50-50, it's 51-49. In that example where it, the amount that you should invest drops from 17% to 2%, 
the the fifty one percent probability was actually fifty one percent chance of winning, not fifty one percent chance of losing. But because the the probabilities got loaded and the predictability went down, um, it's saying you should. It's less of a sure thing then, so you should invest less. So that was that was very interesting as well. So it's called, it's basically loaded probability in that. Yeah, case. yeah. Or, or or another from a gambling perspective, if you were on a rapid roulette table. Generally, when we are playing, we say that the odds of winning or losing are 50-50. Why? Because it's mm -hmm. red and black, right? But in reality, it's actually not 50-50. The odds are less in your favor, more in the casino's favor. Why? Because there's a green in between. Yeah. The green is zero, whatever <laughs> that number is, right? That changes the probability completely, which is essentially what this coin example that we just gave is. It's, it's interesting how quickly your mindset or thought process changes of how much money that how much money you should invest or put at risk when you start applying these formula rather than just randomly picking up a number from thin air. And just, just to reiterate, the, the big boys do use this. They're very aware of this formula and they use it when they're making their decisions. So all the hedge funds do it. Uh, Warren Buffett famously uses this. So when he's deciding how much to invest in Newcrest Mining, uh, which I think he, he invested in about 18 months ago, he, he, he used this. I mean, he's just not going in. I mean, he would be considering whether or not it's controlling stake as well. Um, so there would be the percentage of the company that he's owning. So he would be balancing against that. And again, it's, it's art and science, but he would be definitely taking this into account because he's trying to manage his own re returns and risks. Mm -hmm. So this is just a, a pure point of uh, interest as well. So this is not affects, does not affect the Kelly uh, the Kelly formula, but John Kelly, the, the guy who worked at, uh, it was AT, it's AT&T now in the, the telco industry, but it was called Bell, I think, uh, after Alexander Graham Bell back in the 1950s. So he, he um, the way he, he died, he, um, he used to smoke six packets of cigarettes a day awesome. and he died at the age of 41. Um, he had a stroke on a street in, in uh, Manhattan and fell over and died. So don't smoke, people. It's so uh, don't smoke six maybe, packs a day at least. Maybe he should have applied that formula on himself. Yes, <laughs> the probability of losing. Oh, oh dear, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's funny actually. That's quite ironic, isn't it? He didn't play the odds with his own life. Exactly. I mean, all it's doing is really working out what's the probability of winning and losing, and then how much capital you should invest. Basically, that's <laughs> that's what the formula right. is. Right? So, <laughs> but the thing is, you've only got one body, right? So it's <laughs> it's, it's one one investment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but to the listeners, there is no financial advice over here. Uh, this is more just us learning about these uh, formulas. So we're happy to share them while we are learning about it. Uh, but always do your own research. Don't just use this formula to do your investing. Uh, there's various different ways. And like we said, it doesn't even apply to real estate, but it does apply to stock market uh, on a daily basis. Uh, John, anything else that we need to add? Uh, no, no, I think I think this is very interesting. I mean, it opened my eyes to something new. And and there's a lot, you know, when these big investors are making their taking their bets, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot going on behind the headlines. And um, you know, I think it's easy to get caught up in price movements, but this is the analysis that goes into that. So very interesting. To the listeners, if they want to search it, it's called Cali Formula or Cali Criteria. Uh, and there's a lot of information available online. Uh, like always, happy Friday. Play safe, stay safe, don't over leverage, and we will see you guys next week.